Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. This week, Josh and Nate are going head-to-head in a brand new draft battle debate to determine the best coming-of-age sports movie. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Now, me and Josh are going to be debating coming-of-age sports movies is best. Last week, Alden and Jory debated sequels better than the original, and Jory had a more solid top 10 and somehow got, got away by the skin of his teeth. Alden had consistent hot takes throughout the thing and honestly, very well defended hot takes. Josh, you want to explain one, t- one more time for our, our, our audience how the draft battle works? We are each going to have 20 slots and we are going to draft a movie from a list of a bunch of coming of age sports movies. We're each going to go back and forth picking our movies And then the other two hosts of the panel, Jory and Alden, will vote who had the better list at the end. We will have time to debate our movies that we picked and all of that. This one's going to be interesting. Pre-game thoughts here. Uh, Judging based off last week's episode, I think playing to the crowd and being uh, what Jory was dubbing the meta takes might end up hurting me in the long run which is kind of how I formulated my pregame uh, list. I'm aiming more for getting the best movies I can as early as possible. That's a little bit of my strategy here. Yeah, after watching Jory and Alden's list last week, this feels like I, I kind of got to go into this a little differently now, now that I've wa- actually watched a draft take place. Um, definitely gonna, I think I'm gonna leave my hot takes a little lower than I think, and I'm trying to gonna go in and uh, favor the actual critically acclaimed big time movies that maybe I may not think is one of the best on the list, but I know the general consent general consensus might feel differently in the recording before that I was the number two seed. All right. So it sounds like you are the number two seed, which means I get the first pick. The the pressure's on. The the Florida men versus the what is your team name? Uh this is the Corny Collins Corn Rollers. Presented to you by Ultra Clutch Hairspray. With the first pick of the 2020 draft, you gotta have uh, Roger Goodell walk out here and announce our picks. What's your name? The fucking Florida men? Yeah, the Florida men. With King K rules our mascot. What's your name? Uh, what's your team, Nate? Uh, my name is the Corny Collins Corn Rollers. Presented to you by Ultra Clutch Hairspray. Hey, Alden, let us know when you're back, okay? Alden's cats are talking to him again. Jory, I'm curious, how many of these movies have you seen on this list? Let's take a look. <laughs> I get the first pick because I was seated lower. I'm at the number three seed, and Josh is at the number two seed. My first pick is going to be Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler for number one. Wow. That's a Darren Aronofsky movie. Wow. I should have known that. I think what works so well about The Wrestler is it takes this general kind of stereotypical washed-up wrestler archetype, which is, if you followed headlines, a lot of these former WWE superstars have really, really messy personal lives. But where I think this movie thrives is in that coming-of-age aspect. Instead of being a uh, person growing and developing and progressing, this is the story of someone who is past his prime, but still trying to be the person that he wishes to be. I think him reuniting with his daughter is a beautiful sub-arc. 
him falling in love with this stripper with a heart of gold is is another thing to be noted. I think there's a lot of really interesting midlife crisis coming of age in this movie. And this is kind of where I'm coming from moving forward with this bracket. I think it's a bit of a statement. I think it's a bit of an underrated movie. And I think it's an overlooked movie. But I think it's one that everyone should See. So this movie was supposed to be The Wrestler and Black Swan was the same movie at one point. Really? Interesting. The first draft of the script was a wrestler and a ba- ballet dancer uh, as a couple. Black Swan and The Wrestler are Darren Aronofsky's best movies. But if we're going blow for blow, I think The Wrestler has better themes that go beyond the film itself and has more of a real life uh, connotation to it. Yeah, I think that's a really strong pick. That is a strong pick. I did not expect that to be your first pick. Cutthroat out here on the draft picks. That's a win for the Corny Collins. We'll see how the Florida men respond. With the first pick of the 2020 movie draft, the Florida men select Rocky. Okay. It's a timeless classic. For a lot of people, it's their favorite and considered uh one of the greatest boxing movies of all time, which says a lot because the boxing movie genre is actually really stacked. It was the breakout role for Sylvester Stallone. I mean, you talk about a coming-of-age story. This guy comes from nothing, and then he's fighting Creed, the one of the greatest boxers in that movie's universe. Yeah, Rocky is a classic. It was no doubt like this had to be towards the top of the list, and I have no, I am very confident with it being my first overall pick. Two really strong first picks here. Yeah. I, th- I think Rocky is definitely one of those movies that deserves the praise that it's gotten. I think it's a solid number one pick, and I was debating with myself to go with that or The Wrestler for my first pick. So I, I good, good pick, Josh. Woo. My number two is going to be another boxing movie, one that I think hits a little harder than Rocky and one that I think develops more. And I'm going to go with Million Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. What I really love about this film is its maturity, its its sense of uh, age, as well as the wrestler. They're coming-of-age movies, but they're not your typical uh, someone moving from their adolescent stage to their mature stage. It's someone moving from their mature stage to their old age. And with this, you have Clint Eastwood, who also directed the movie, starring as this trainer who's done really well for himself, has lots of accolades, and is training his first female boxer. It has a beautiful kind of uh, generation gap story arc in the first two acts, this great training and and career being built. But where this movie really thrives is in its third act gut punch that the first time I saw the movie left me in tears. I was sobbing. It is way deserving of the best picture that it won. Very similar to Rocky, it's a critically well-received boxing movie but where this one thrives for me is it wasn't a story that felt like it needed to be continued we didn't want to see a continuation of this a continuation of this would just be really sad and melancholic whereas rocky you want to see him get his revenge sure he might have lost but guess what he's going to bounce back he's going to come back he's going to train harder and he's going to get his rematch million dollar baby is a much more mature movie than rocky and it's one that really leaves the audience silent that's a great pick i mean Great movie. We got the Corny Collins remaining on the offense out here. My number two overall pick, I'm going to give it to The Karate Kid. Another classic. This is the ultimate movie when you think of the prodigy and the trainer. You think of 
the Karate Kid, uh, the relationship between the two characters and a very satisfying ending. It has that fuck yeah, like he did it ending that like a lot of coming of age sports movie has. Very satisfying. So much better than the Jane Smith one. And, <laughs> and no contest. Yeah, and just like the characters are very memorable. There's um, yeah, it's another it's like Rocky. It's one of those movies where it's like, what what more can you say? Like, it's so iconic when it comes to that athlete trainer type movie. That's this, that's what I think of is the karate kid my kind of counterpoint to that is i think karate kid is a little bit of a formulaic movie even for its time it feels like a dumbed down version of rocky with a family audience in mind which isn't a downside to the movie i think karate kid's iconic for a lot of reasons i just feel it's a little dated and a little cheesy in comparison to some other movies that i'm gonna have at this level, I think it's definitely iconic. So I respect why it's at number two for you, Josh. That being said, moving to my number three, I think an equally iconic coming of age sports movie with children in mind. I'm gonna go with Sandlot here at number three. I think it's not only one of the best coming of age sports movies, I think it's one of the best baseball movies. I think it's one of the best nostalgic movies uh kind of you get a taste of what these characters are like in present day but then it jumps back to them growing up together and you see this kind of neighborhood of boys learn to play ball with each other learn to deal with the social cliques of being a kid in the 1950s you have a lot of great moments in this movie that lead to this great narrative overall it's like a series of vignettes over the course of a summer leading up to one huge episode it is a super solid movie everyone should see if you haven't seen sandlot are you an american probably not Story old. are you american uh of course i am if you haven't seen the sandlot you are anti-american where's alden what's your, what's your take on uh on where we're at so far the sandlot is probably my favorite out of all of these there you go looks like uh the king k rule florida men gotta step it up a little bit here next pick which is the Number three pick. Yes. I'm going with Miracle. Okay. My hockey is showing, but the thing that I get with Miracle is, um, I guess on a personal level, when I was studying sports broadcasting, right before this one class where we were getting prepared to uh, do our broadcast show, uh, one of our professors played the, uh, the locker room speech from Kurt Russell's character, Herb Brooks, and that gets you so amped up. Like that movie is not only it's a really good coming of age comeback story for a hockey team that had a lot of flaws. It's based on a true story. It's something that actually happened. We mentioned Sandlot being an iconic American movie. I think this is up there when it comes to that too, especially in the world of just hockey in general for that sport. This is this was such an important moment for the country and one of the most iconic moments in sports. I just thought they did a damn good job on it. And for if you ask any sports fans what's like the best hockey movie favorite hockey movie might be a different answer but when when you think of best it's miracle okay i think uh this is an interesting place to put miracle poor josh nobody else likes hockey <laughs> if the judges for this episode don't have anything to say about miracle i'm going to go on with my number uh, hockey 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 my number four pick is bull durham it is an incredible coming of age sports movie in that we learn a lot about a really niche industry in the sports industry being minor league baseball. Uh, you have three fantastic actors as your lead uh, kind of triangle here. You've got Susan Sarandon, you've got Tim Robbins, and you've got Kevin Costner. This is the movie where you believe Kevin Costner is the man that he was cast as. 
through the 90s. This was his like big step into these coming of age sports movies. He did several after and is still doing them to this day, believe it or not. But I think where this movie really thrives is in the supporting character that Tim Robbins plays of this wild pitcher who going to be an all-star pitcher someday when he can ground himself. And then having the catcher in Kevin Costner really help him hone in the zone and really get better at his job all while there's this beautiful romance that is really the main the main story that the movie has between Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon. It's a great coming-of-age movie. It's a great movie about sports culture. Also does a lot with character development. I think you learn a lot about not only the way that these characters interact, but how the people that they are archetypes of have had to live their lives playing minor league baseball, always being on the fence of good, but not good enough, or close to being good enough, but just not there yet. And I think having that that arc with uh, Kevin Costner training Tim Robbins to be the man he should be is really beautiful. Yeah, solid, solid pick. Yeah, sounds good. Now, if Bull Durham was ever Superman's dad. I wonder how that would go. What do we got, Josh? We're uh, we're looking at number four for the Florida men. Big think for my number four. They're coming down off of a uh, a light pick from the last round. Bit of a hockey meme. I'm between two, and I think you think. Therefore, you are. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go with forty-two. Okay. Nice. I somehow predicted that this might be a little slept on pick because i don't think it's as talked about in the sports world but to be honest it's my personal favorite baseball movie a movie about jackie robinson could have gone very bad if you didn't have the correct cast and the correct writing but they managed to really go into jackie robinson's early years and chadwick boseman is awesome in this role he knocks out of the park no pun intended uh harrison ford is awesome who played the phillies manager wasn't it Alan Turnick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole scene where he just keeps uh, talking to Jackie Robinson, yelling to Jackie Robinson is so frustrating to watch. And what does he say to him, Josh? Stop it. <laughs> you get that. You you feel that hate. Like you, they were able to play it off well, where it didn't feel like they're like shoving your shoving this theming down your throat. They did it where you were telling the story of Jackie Robinson, but also you would see what he had to go through in a natural progression because you see him in Montreal at first, but you see him in the minor leagues. Team dynamics, the manager change. They they dive into a lot of interesting parts of that team season and they do it very well. I think it's written incredibly well and really well directed. Nice. I agree. I like 42 a lot. I really do too. I think in terms of uh, doing a Jackie Robinson biopic i don't think there's a way you could do it better i think chadwick boseman knocks it out of the park i think this is a great pick and i'm glad it's as high up on your list as it would have been on mine that being said i'm gonna go with a movie that i think puts uh race relations into a more modern perspective and i think it's easier to relate to and comprehend in today's world at number five on my list i have white men can't jump (laughs) this is a fantastic coming of age movie with sports as the kind of setup. You have this premise between Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes uh, joining a, uh, a tournament of sorts to make ends meet. Uh, Wesley Snipes is trying to 
uh, move up in the world and Woody Harrelson is just trying to get by. And I think that that's a really interesting dynamic because those roles kind of seem reversed, but they learn to work together and grow together as brothers, as well as a being a two man team. I think the basketball sequencing as well as the soundtrack are peak 90s film. But at the same time, you have these great characters and moments. The cast is great. The arcs are great and you understand that these two men are progressing from just being acquaintances and guys that originally didn't see eye to eye to being brothers by the end of the movie and i think it's a beautiful uh story to deal with uh race relations i think it's an awesome movie that came out a little bit after spike lee's do the right thing that had a little bit of that same style and tone brought to it in the sports world i think white man can't jump is the perfect movie to watch in 2020 if you haven't seen it before. Two great picks. Mm-hmm. That was a solid round. Big think again. <laughs> big, big think time. Because you took my pick. That was what I was debating between was 42 and White Man Can't Jump. That's good. They're both super solid movies. That's what I had in my next spots. So you picked the one that I was going to pick, and I picked the one that you were going to pick. Very close game here at the second round of the Duel of the Takes draft. Uh, Alden, how do you think things are shaping up so far? Gonna be honest, I thought you would take 42. Well, Josh beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, I I think I... uh... I'm sort of surprised. Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey is one of his best late in career performances. I, I really think it's slept on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm going to continue my baseball trend. I'm going to go with a league of their own. <laughs> okay. When I think of coming of age sports movies, I th- and when it comes to baseball, I think a league of your own is a very good example of that. It's Tom Hanks. I mean, uh-oh. Wait, what? Uh-oh. <laughs> Tom Hanks. It's also 90s Tom Hanks, which I think which is very good um trying to think i'm trying to not repeat myself but a lot of these sports movies have like the same plot points i just think it's a very iconic baseball movie i'm sure a favorite by baseball fans i'm completely fine with it being in my top five i'm gonna ride this uh baseball train just one more movie longer i'm gonna put moneyball here for a lot of the same reasons i think bull durham succeeds uh moneyball succeeds you kind of have this great character in brad pitt's character uh managing this team and trying to get the uh, Oakland Athletics to being a notable team in the Major League Baseball. You have this kind of underdog story, but done differently. They do it from this mathematical point of view, which at the time baseball was, was considering of, okay, well, we just need to go off statistics. We need to go off hits. We need to go off runs. How do we stand a chance? And this whole farm league mechanic is just the setup for the conflict between these characters. I think this is one of Jonah Hill's best performances to date up there with him in Wolf of Wall Street. Moneyball has a lot to be uh, appreciated. And I think at number six on a list like this, it stands out for how unique and grounded it is in comparison to a lot of these that have maybe some sort of heightened realistic uh, climax or also some sort of, um, I don't want to say fantasy element, but some sort of suspension of disbelief. Even in a film like A League of Their Own, it's not really all that period accurate in terms of dialogue, in terms of the way that these women were treated in this World War II era, America's greatest pastime baseball world. Uh, Moneyball is a great representation of modern baseball and a great coming-of-age movie in Brad Pitt learning to be a father and also growing this this organization in this in this franchise team it made a uh, baseball stats interesting it really really does and i can't think of any other movie that did that well damn so this is the uh the half a press video 
of baseball statistics. That's the top five, right? Uh, that was my number six. The Corny Collins number six. The top five for the Florida men is already ironed out here. Let's see what they go for uh, going into their top ten. Yeah, I'm going to take Creed. I'm going to take the other Rocky movie on this list. Nice. Cool. I think Creed is a awesome uh, continuation of the Rocky character. He's not even the main arc. I think Michael B. Jordan was like the perfect casting. Like when I first heard about this, I was like, holy shit, this could be great. And it actually was great because on paper, you have Michael B. Jordan, Stallone coming back. It's Apollo Creed's son. Like this could be the makings of like the best Rocky movie in so long. And it, it actually was. I, I wish the sequel's better, but we're not going to talk about that. How what a great introduction it was to the potential Creed franchise. And that um the final fight in the climax, I think, is shot beautifully well. I love the cinematography of that movie. The relationship between Michael B. Jordan and Rocky. I thought it was the conclusion to the Rocky character. I was wrong. I, it was a good comeback for some... Don't worry, we all were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good comeback for the Rocky character, though, with Stallone. Uh, you could tell Stallone actually really gave a shit. Creed's awesome. Uh, I'm going to match Creed with another boxing movie that I had a little bit higher on my personal list. At number seven, I'm going to put Cinderella Man. I think that this is a very, very good boxing movie. And where it's better than things like, you know, some of the Rocky sequels or where it stands out in comparison to Creed or Million Dollar Baby that are these contemporary boxing movies with a lot of value. This is set in the Great Depression in New York, and I think it's a really great job of of showing the way the world was changing, but also the way this character is growing and changing. He's a very simple guy who is great at boxing. The economy collapses. He's not able to box. He gets some garbage job at a shipyard. They don't pick him. They, they're like, oh, he's a little too old to be doing these shipping jobs. We want young guys. And he finds a way to go back to boxing. I think this is one of Paul Giamatti's best roles as his trainer and manager in the same kind of mentor role that you were saying you praise uh, Sylvester Stallone for doing in Rocky. Paul Giamatti knocks that out of the park in this movie. He's not only his trainer, but he's his manager. He's seriously taking this guy who's in a Cinderella story where the title comes from to becoming one of the greatest boxers of all time with its inspiration to real life boxers and this this truly amazing story. You really don't know if this character is going to make it through the end of the movie because the other boxers are cheating and they're putting iron in their gloves and you're like, he could die. Like he could very well die. He doesn't have the health care that these other bigger name boxers have. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was actually on the edge of my seat for the safety of this character's life. I also think Renee Zellweger is actually incredible in this movie. And I don't really like her as an actress, but she's in another great supporting role. And I understand why Cinderella Man has the critical praise that it does. It really takes that Rocky formula and elevates it for me setting it further back in time into this period, but telling a story that relates to professional boxing history as well as United States history and really just gives a beautiful character arc in Russell Crowe's performance. I think it's I think it's up there with uh, with Gladiator as the best thing he's ever done. I agree. I also think Cinderella Man is fantastic. And I really like that it is a glimpse into like boxing during a period of history where we don't normally consider that type of thing. Yeah, I like it a lot. Big think once again for my next pick don't strain yourself i want this to be in the top 10 and i want to be the one to take it put it there i'm gonna go with the mighty ducks when i was saying talking about miracle how sports fans probably think it's the best hockey movie but not their favorite i think their favorite was probably mighty ducks 
a lot of sports fans grew up with that movie for a lot of people it was the introduction to the sport of hockey personally i love this movie i actually saw it a little later in my life i did not see it when i was like really really young like some people usually do but i still really enjoyed the film there's so many iconic moments with that thing my headphones fell off there's so many iconic moments um emilio estevez as the coach is awesome his story itself is a coming of age story where he was this big player in the uh, peewee division and um it all went to hell for them Boone, and now he has to coach this hockey team his arc's great a lot of the kids are very memorable and it's so iconic that literally became an nhl franchise disney made made a team an actual nhl team called the mighty ducks with the logo the logo and the jersey is so iconic you go to any hockey game in any hockey arena you're bound to see somebody wearing that old green and purple mighty ducks jersey what it did for the sport of hockey alone it has to be in the top 10. Okay, cool. I, I do really enjoy Mighty Ducks. I probably don't see it in the same way that you do, but I think it's a little too formulaic. I understand why Disney made the movie. I think that what they did is they followed the template of a movie that I'm going to be placing at number eight and then copied baseball and applied it to hockey. My number eight is Bad News Bears. I think that this is a fantastic, fantastic coming-of-age comedy that happens to be about baseball. Everything from there being a female pitcher on the team to drafting this edgelord who likes to ride his motorcycle on the baseball fields. Uh, this movie's way ahead of its time in terms of coming-of-age sports movies specifically focused on kids. I think Walter Matthau knocks it out of the park as this down-on-his-luck coach who's got a bit of an alcohol problem. It really just feels like a more fleshed-out version of what Emilio Estevez's character is in Mighty Ducks, and there's a reason they put him in the forefront. Bad News Bears is a very slept on movie. The remake was fine. I think Billy Bob Thornton did a fine job. It's a little more on the raunchy side, which I think is a little distasteful when it's a kid's movie about sports. But with Bad News Bears, you have everything from these down on their luck kids with like that are hyperallergenic and, and they're like complete nerds coming back and trying to win a baseball game. And very similar to Rocky, it's one of those movies where the heroes don't win at the end. They don't get their, their victory. Their coach appreciates the effort that they put in, and every single character has its own arc, even if they're only in a handful of scenes. I think Bad News Bears is a very fleshed out movie. There was no baseball team added to the MLB called the Bears or the Bad News Bears or whatever. I think that just has more to do with the circumstance of where the ma where Major League Baseball was in comparison to National Hockey League. That's what I was debating between was the Mighty Ducks or Bad News Bears because I agree. I think the films are very similar when it comes to its um to its structure. Holy shit, Jackie Earl Haley was in the Bad News Bears. Yeah, he was. <laughs> what the fuck? Rorschach is in this movie? Josh hates it. <laughs> yeah, he plays the edgelord kid on the motorcycle. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Perplexed. I think it was his first feature film role. The uh the casting director literally just saw him hanging out at a pool hall and then they wrote in the scene where he beats the girl in uh foosball in order to join the team. They wrote that in because that's where he was just hanging out. What a king. So for my eighth pick, I'm going to go with a movie I've actually not seen. I'm going to pull a jury here. It's a little early for that. Based on the panel, I'm going to select Rush. Ooh. Uh, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Josh. Great move. <laughs> 
<laughs> but <laughs> so why do you like Rush, Josh? <laughs> based on what you guys have told me and based on what I heard about it, uh Chris Hemsworth racing movie, uh directed by Ron Howard, correct? Yes. Yes. That looks really good. I really should see that, and I just never did. It's definitely a movie that I will visit someday. Um, I'm sure it's very good and uh I'm completely fine uh putting it in my top ten. Rush is a very good movie. Uh out of the movies that I've seen I'm not sure if it encapsulates every movie that's on this list, but it's definitely the best sports rivalry movie that I've ever seen. And I can say that with confidence, considering it's a rivalry that's taking place in uh, uh, Formula One racers, which is something that personally I could not give a shit about but this movie makes me give a shit about it and it's just so amazing like the races in this movie are so well done they're like edge of your seat shit daniel Bruhl and uh chris hemsworth are so good in their respective roles this movie's fucking fantastic go see it right now speaking of racing herbie fully loaded is not on this list good (laughs) rush is really what i wanted ford v ferrari to be uh science and engineering end of it and it really wasn't i think rush is a great great movie about racing i'm happy it got put on one of our top tens it was coming up soon for me as well you brought up a really good element in rivalry this is i think the time to place 2011's warrior here this is a movie about two but brothers that are boxers two butt brothers two brothers that are both boxers my apologies i think both tom hardy and joel edgerton knock it out of the park in this movie they both look act and move like actual boxers in the ring you were talking about how creed was such a well shot boxing movie i agree and i think it really is the best shot boxing movie but the best choreographed boxing movie is warrior hands down these men trained with ufc fighters for weeks on end to actually look the part i think warrior is a great film both about brotherhood and about sports tension and the rivalry between the two is just the secondary outcome to their growth and development together i think warrior is a very slept on movie that has kind of gone under the radar as tom hardy has moved on to do other films this is one early in his career to go back and look at it's up there with bronson for me in terms of tom hardy's best performances yeah i'm very down with that i've heard a lot about warrior and it sounds really good that's another one that i just personally haven't gotten around to my relationship to that movie is really similar to josh's with rush alden i know you're a huge tom hardy fan have you seen warrior okay all right (laughs) josh what is your number nine nate did you draft Field of Dreams? That's a no. No, he did not. Oh, I thought you did. I'm going to draft Field of Dreams. If you draft it, All right. it will be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this movie. I haven't seen this movie since I was pretty young, but I do remember very much liking it. James Earl Jones, right? He has the voiceover, yeah. Yeah, the voiceover of the thing. He voices like God and or angels, whatever you want to think they are. Darth Vader. Better than Angels of the Outfield, it's on this, which is on this list. Is it better than Angels in the Outfield? I I think it's better than better than Angels in the Outfield. I think it's believable that a kid sees angels performing in the outfield and has this whole touch base with Christopher uh, Lloyd as an angel. I think it's really weird that a grown man who owns a cornfield in Iowa has the same story. <laughs> 
I think this is one of the weaker Kevin Costner movies, but it's your number nine, so let's hear it. I you've also taken a lot of the baseball, a lot of the good baseball movies. Josh, you were too busy picking hockey movies. Yeah, it was. Uh, I kind of screwed myself there, where I'm like, I I need a I need a baseball movie. I just wanted to take Field of Dreams, even though it's not something I have seen very recently. I do remember liking it though. I'm gonna pick a movie that for me is kind of like a Sorcerer's Stone to Alden. I'm putting at number ten. Remember the Titans. Oof. We were talking a little bit earlier in this list about movies that handle race relations in an interesting way. And I think Remember the Titans does that very well of being this, I believe, Virginian town that is integrating schools for the first time. So you've got black and white kids going to school at the same time. Obviously, that changes your football team. Denzel Washington does a great job as the head coach managing this team i think where this movie really thrives in how much story it's able to squeeze into a fairly short runtime i think uh the fact that they go from this conflict of these guys have to go from being an all-white school and all-black school to being this merged school and creating a good team out of it you have these awesome training montages and this great team build these great team building moments then they go on and start playing football together and they start doing really well and you see that these these white kids have actually learned to develop and appreciate the people on their team that they were once looking down to as they're progressing and getting better at the sport they end up doing extremely well and where this movie really hits hard in almost the same way as million dollar baby is this car accident in which lives are lost and people are injured remember the titans is a movie that keeps on trucking in terms of the emotional, sentimental value. I don't know if it's one that will hold the test of time as well as other movies that I have higher. That being said, I do think it's one that is a great history lesson for a lot of people that want to understand what race relations were like amongst people their age only a generation or two ago. I agree. I think Remember the Titans is great. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, its message... I probably shouldn't even say this. Never mind. <laughs> okay. How many times did you guys see this in school? Uh, once. I saw this movie three times in middle school and twice in high school. I saw this movie five times in high school in in my K through twelve experience. Oh shit! Wow. Movie one time in my K through twelve experience and another time when my mom really liked Ryan Hurst while watching uh Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you gotta watch Remember the Titans. My number ten. I think is going to be my Days of Future Past pick, as Jory puts it, because I'm going to draft fighting with my family. Okay. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I was shocked that it was good, based on the trailers and the the memes about, hey guys, Paige here, and all that shit in the wrestling community. <laughs> this movie was actually a really well-developed family movie with pro-wrestling aspects that weren't offensive the lines were kind of blurred of what kayfabe was and what wasn't what was real and what was not real but that's fine i really think they got the character of Paige down uh lawrence Pugh is awesome in the role i guess this was the first movie i saw her in because it was before midsummer wait a second what that was what wait what that was lawrence Pugh. yeah see what the fuck <laughs> like i i found out way way after she then did uh that same year little women came out she knocked it out of the park last year i forgot that lena hetty was in this and she was married to nick frost what a meme <laughs> it was produced by the rock so i think that helped when you have an actual former professional wrestler uh be a part of i guess the the film side of things um i like that he's a uh, top build on 
here. Wasn't it directed by an actor? Who directed Fighting With My Family? Steven Merchant directed it. Mm-hmm. He did a really great job, and I think it's well-directed. The script is tight. He also wrote it. Yeah. Uh, her whole arc about her brother, I think there's a really good brother and sister arc here. Where Yeah, I think the arc about her brother is the strongest thing about the movie. Absolutely. It's not even like, Paige's arc is not even like the best one, even though it's still pretty good. I like that she goes through different things, like she uh, tries to go blonde and tries to be like the divas because this was right before women's pro wrestling really took stage and became just as good as the the other wrestling on the shows it's a very important movie when it comes to that aspect of how women's wrestling progressed the past five years Mm -hmm. yeah fighting with my family was a pleasant surprise yeah i'm happy to see it in your top 10 i think it's the second best movie about pro wrestling so good pick all right corny collins well before we move on to the uh top 20 what are the two judges here thinking about our top 10 so far um so far it's really interesting that the way they've shaped out as we were starting out it seemed like uh the corny collins list was going with the more critically acclaimed movies yeah florida men were kind of hitting it with the like classic movies like you got movies like karate kid miracle uh mighty ducks on here whereas corny collins are out here with the wrestler million dollar baby uh cinderella man Moneyball. it'll be interesting to see how this continues to shape out Mm -hmm. because right now it's kind of like pulling me in two different directions on how i feel about these awesome alden do you have any thoughts honestly for a second there i was falling off of florida man's list but i think it's back to being balanced for me josh did a really smart thing in picking a very close to home sentimental pick for himself in fighting with my family i'm going to do the same here i am going to pick richard linklater's everybody wants some i think this is a beautiful coming of age movie and a very smart movie because the the setup and the hook is these these guys that are all drafted to play uh college baseball move into college town and now they have two weeks of practice before the school year starts. This movie's a lot of fun. It has a lot of elements of Richard Linklater's earlier work in things like Dazed and Confused, but where this movie really thrives for me in the character growth and development over only a two-week period, Linklater also did a great job of honing in on his uh, after uh, series, his after trilogy. You got, you know, uh, com- this growth of, of characters over a period of time. But instead of something like Boyhood or the after trilogy, he focuses on a very short period of time and the changes and decisions that people make going into their freshman year of college being widely influential. And I think because of that, it is a very unique sports coming of age story. And it's one that touched me personally, these uh, characters kind of coming into their own and figuring out who they are when they have that first breath of freedom is something that a lot of kids who've gone off to college, whether to study uh, something that they're passionate about or to go and play sports is, is extremely valuable. I think it's an incredibly relatable film an incredibly hilarious film and one that I recommend seeing if you haven't already everybody wants some is not just a baseball movie it's not even in like the top three themes there it's it's really fun and if you like link later or you like uh coming of age movies this is up there with some of the best i agree everybody wants some with two exclamation points yep i am between a couple here as we get past the top 10 I was surprised to see nobody uh, has uh, picked, has drafted Twilight yet. I think that the baseball scenes in those movies are unparalleled. <laughs> Isn't that New Moon? Um, Aren't they in the first one? No, it's the first one. Yeah. 
Oh shit! Yeah, we gotta play when it there's a thunderstorm because <laughs> we hit the ball so hard because we're vampires. <laughs> we're High School Musical two. I don't dance is one of the best baseball sequences in film. It's High School Musical one. I don't want to pull a drawer yet and draft something I actually haven't seen. Well, you've already done that. Yeah, I I don't know if I want to do it again this early. It worked out last time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm gonna draft. Uh, I'm gonna draft Aldi once again. A movie I've not seen, but from what I've heard. So, uh, Josh, why don't you tell us why you like cuckolding? I've heard it's one of Will Smith's best movies. Uh, he was nominated for Best Actor right at the Academy Awards for it. Yes, yeah. Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest athletes of all time. I'm glad um, his story and his character was portrayed respect respectfully. As uh, at least from what I've heard, as this list progresses, I think we're going to see more and more comedies springing up and less, uh, you know, um, dramas or melodramas with a a twing of both. But I do want to get one more movie out of out of the way that is a drama that I think is pretty important. I'm going to go with Coach Carter here at my number 12. Son of a bitch. Very solid movie about a basketball coach in Samuel L. Jackson and him not only, uh, I I guess, uh, being a good basketball coach, but being a positive role model to a group of urban uh, boys that that play basketball. He Uh develops this father figure role for them. And it's a really heart touching movie. I think it's very similar in a lot of ways to something like Remember the Titans, where it tugs a little at the heartstrings. I I think there's some people who could see this movie as overly sentimental, but I think it does a good job of balancing that sentimentality out with the sport and the game itself. And there's not too many basketball movies that I think show basketball well, especially like low-level high school basketball. Uh, These guys don't make all the shots that they take. This isn't like a a cheesy sports movie. There's a lot of missteps. There's a lot of mistakes. And I think Coach Carter thrives in a lot of ways that lesser movies that try to be something like um remember the titans fail at yeah i like coach carter a lot yeah i didn't know if i could see it as a top 10 but uh i'm glad i'm glad it got drafted this high i think it's right where it should be right outside my top 10 and i think it was uh one that I didn't want to have go to the other side. Didn't want you to have it. Yeah. That's a take for the Corny Collins gang. He did bring up comedies, and I think I'm going to draft my first kind of comedy. I'm going to draft Happy Gilmore. Nice. Hmm. I love this movie. I loved this movie before I was even a fan of hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I am not a fan of hockey, and I like this movie. It was my favorite Adam Sandler movie till I saw Uncut Gems. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an Adam Sandler movie, or is that a movie that Adam Sandler is in? It's an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> it's a complete, like, driving force for Adam Sandler. Where's our worst movie ever released? What? Yeah, it's probably coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Happy Gilmore has so many iconic moments. Uh, I mean, just the how he shoots the ball. I mean, how many people, when you played golf, what was one of the first things you probably did? Uh, was It was probably the Happy Gilmore run and hit the ball off the tee. I always saw myself as more of the Shooter McGavin type. <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit. Great lines. This is where the big boys play. Oh my god, I'm gonna come. <laughs> I really like uh, Carl Weathers in this movie. <laughs> Great mentor role. The fucking alligator. Yeah, who ate his hand. 
Yeah, Chubbs is one of Adam Sandler's uh, ensemble characters that stands out the most to me. He's better than like the ensemble characters in the only Adam Sandler movie of this era that I'd say is better in Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. I really love the ending where uh, he comes back to the house and he sees like their ghosts and it's like the alligator Chubbs and Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Freebird by Leonard Skinner's playing. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's a very wholesome movie. He's just trying to get a just trying to get his grandmother out of the nursing home because Ben Stiller's abusing her. I love how this movie sees elder abuse as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when his girlfriend breaks up with him and he tries to like <laughs> like get her back through the intercom and the Asian lady comes up. And he sleeps with her anyway. Classic. I mean, come on, would you? <laughs> I see you're happy Gilmore, and I'm gonna kind of do like a mighty ducks take here. At number 13 on my list, I have cool runnings i think this is a very very slept on disney movie it is available on disney plus if you haven't seen it it's a very slept on sports coming of age movie it's about these four jamaican dudes who all wanted to go to the olympics it's been their lifelong dream they wanted to do a relay and one of them really messes up and screws the other ones over they're like well what what Olympic event can we participate in? And it's bobsledding. It's luge. John Candy as the coach mentor figure a little late into his uh, career, but before he unfortunately bit the dust, one of his last great performances, Cool Runnings is one of those movies that has a great blend of comedy and drama. I think the comedic elements in the slapstick kind of these guys never being in snow before learning how to luge like the sand is hilarious. John Candy as this kind of uh, motivational force throughout the movie and down on his luck washed up athlete is hilarious. There's a lot to love in this movie. You got to check out Cool Runnings. It's one of a kind. There's a lot of hilarious uh, jokes about Jamaican culture that you can't find it in any other Disney movie. They they don't do that kind of humor ever, but they do it tastefully and also ironically in this movie. Love it. It's it's like a, a hidden gem in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna take another comedy. I'm gonna draft Goon. Okay. I love this movie. I uh, it's literally one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, the reason that I drafted it lower than Happy Gilmore just because Happy Gilmore I know is the more iconic sports comedy pick goon to me is like a movie that i could watch anytime um i've shown friends that movie who like know nothing about hockey or are not in the sports whatsoever and they love it they think it's fucking hilarious sean william scott plays doug Lapp, the number 69 in his jersey iconic he's literally a goon he's a fighter yeah. there's an antagonist with the uh the final fight he's he's facing the veteran fighter <laughs> it is definitely a coming of age story because he's becoming now the top goon of that hockey league and it's kind of it it's very has some of the similar humor you get from like say like uh an american pie movie because i mean you have you have two actors from that movie in in this in goon actually i love the supporting characters the flame is awesome uh i love their dynamic when they're roommates goon is awesome i think it's gonna go down as one a cult classic when it comes to uh comedies i agree i think um goon is a very very funny movie and a great comedy there you're, you're right there definitely is a bit of a coming of age aspect to its humor and i think that that's something that uh you might miss in another movie similar to it at my number 14 
I was going to put a movie that I just double checked isn't on the list. I was going to put Major League here. Uh, I think it's a very similar movie to Goon. I should have asked you if we could draft Major League because that's been sitting on, in my mind for a while. Ben, once we started breaking into some comedies like Bad News Bears, Major League, those two kind of go hand in hand for me. I think Goon takes that kind of uh, outlandish, wacky sports team in Major League and applies it to hockey and actually does it a little bit better. Major League's not on here. So at my number 14, I'm going to put Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Oh, shit. I think this is a fantastic coming-of-age sports comedy. It does a lot of what Goon does really well, but applies it to an even stupider sport than hockey. It applies it <laughs> to NASCAR. I love everything from uh, you've got his rival driver who is uh, Sasha Barra Cohen as this Perrier-sponsored French asshole who's trying to change NASCAR. You have Will Ferrell having the worst race of his life, having a mental breakdown, having to go back to his roots, you know, bunker up, move his family out of his mansion. His best friend, John C. Riley takes the fucking mansion and his wife from him. <laughs> and it exemplifies the midlife crisis for a sports star in a very satirical and over-the-top way. It goes further than it just being a kind of tongue-in-cheek satire of NASCAR racers and this Southern pride kind of accent thing. It, it goes beyond that. This is a great movie for people who don't care at all about NASCAR, people who are only watching the movie because of the comedic actors in the bill. I think there's also great coming-of-age moments with uh, Jane Lynch raising his kids the way that they should have been raised, the way that she raised them. There's great father-son moments too with his dad who told him he ain't first or last when he was high as shit at an Applebee's when he was nine. This movie <laughs> is iconic. It's one of the best comedies of the 2000s. It definitely, definitely needs to be as high as possible in a list like this. Yeah, that's gonna be my next pick. Number 14. <laughs> I am between two movies. Surf's up in Air Bud? You know. This might be a weird pick. I have no idea how you guys feel about this movie. I'm going to go with Trouble with the Curve. Oh, okay. Really, really like this movie, actually. I saw it in theaters. Show them the curve. When it came out, um, it has a really solid cast. You have Clint Eastwood. This is the first movie in like a decade Clint Eastwood starred in that he didn't direct. You have Amy Adams playing his daughter and Justin Timberlake uh, right before he went back to music, I think. Oh my God, I forgot about this movie. Also, um, the dude that played Shaggy in the James Gunn movies. Matthew Lillard, Scott Eastwood, John Goodman. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, it's an awesome cast. And I love the, the story of it. Clint Eastwood's character can pick up that this dude could not hit a curveball to save his life and nobody listens to him as we go back to Moneyball. Statistics, cool. Trouble with the curve, I feel like, makes the basic outing of baseball really interesting uh as somebody who's not even like a huge baseball fan it's not a sport i watch very often i was invested on how like clint figured out by just the sound that this dude cannot hit a curveball at all the ending a little cheesy with the um with that guy uh going into uh going into the atlanta braves as a pitcher bit of a cheesy but at the same time a lot of these coming of age sports movies are cheesy you guys sometimes you just want to have that nice ending fine whatever it's definitely the weakest arc i really like timberlake and amy adams chemistry in this movie at the bar when they're going over baseball stats and stuff yeah i think it's an incredibly slept on sports movie sweet well if we're going with uh sleeper hit movies about baseball and pitching i'm gonna put at number 15 the rookie this is one with uh 
Dennis Quaid. You may know him from Two and a Half Men, Angus T. Jones. Uh, he plays the half man. <laughs> Where he went crazy with religion and left the show. I think The Rookie is an incredible coming of age sports movie. Again, another one of those about someone a little bit later in life. And the movie really works. With only a two hour runtime, it tells two complete three act structures. It tells the story of this guy who wanted to be a major league pitcher, but he ended up having a kid, fell short on his dreams, became a school teacher. Then he had the opportunity to teach baseball. He teaches baseball. He coaches his kids. They get better. It has that kind of high school sports story in the first act going into the second. And at the end of the second act, he promises his kids, his uh, his student athletes, that if they win the uh, pennant or whatever, he will uh, uh, go and try to become a major league pitcher again. And then he gets drafted to the minor leagues. This movie does pitching well and better than any other baseball movie ever as someone who used to pitch i wasn't a heat pitcher like like uh dennis quaid's character here in the rookie where he's throwing these 90 plus mile per hour fastballs at age 40 kind of unheard of i was more of a junk ball pitcher but that that necessity of needing to focus on the glove and when he's surrounded by this roaring stadium of tens of thousands of fans as he's going out to pitch for the astros he just looks at the glove he breathes and the focus actually just zooms right to that glove he focuses on his goal and he achieves it this is a very highly rated movie that's g-rated and i think that's another thing we're kind of missing as we get to the lower end of this bracket is coming of age sports movies that are acceptable for the whole family something like uh, goon or talladega nights might be a little too raunchy but i think this is one that anyone could relate to even if they don't care about baseball so similar to trouble with the curve it's universal it's hilarious and it's also really heartwarming nice my next pick is going to be a another movie i have no idea how you guys feel about i'm confident as like it's kind of a little guilty pleasure for me i'm gonna draft the game plan okay it's it's your typical i mean i wouldn't say typical actually coming of age sports movie because i think the relationship between the rock and madison pettis's characters is a unique one where you don't really get that in a disney story where this big time athlete has a kid he doesn't know about for a while it's your it's your usual beat by beat sports movie or that kind of like, oh, the kid's coming in, she's mingling with the players and all that's entertaining. This was early rock career, but it's still the rock. He's charismatic. He's the rock. He still could carry the movie fine. When she has that peanut allergy towards the end of the movie, I think it's actually a really well done scene where it seems something so small in our eyes because we all... um have parents but like it's a really serious thing when you think about where father is hanging out with this daughter he didn't think he had and she technically almost dies because they're trying to build this relationship but he's not fit to really be a parent and that i think that's an interesting take an interesting take on children who probably grew up in that situation a lot between two parents who aren't together or they, they find that situation where they don't meet their father or mother for a couple of, until a couple of years into their life it's just an interesting arc that a Disney movie doesn't really dive into. I agree. I forgot about the game plan. I like the movie a lot. I actually have a really funny story about the first time I saw this movie. Before it came out in theaters, they were doing this promotion at AMC theaters for all Dick's Sporting Goods employees and their families to go see this movie early. And I saw the movie like before it came out and I thought I was hot shit because that next week at school, I was able to talk about the new, you know, Disney sports movie. I do agree with you. It has some themes in there that you wouldn't typically find in a uh, sports movie with a pro athlete, you know, having a kid he doesn't know about and kind of 
uh, flourishing into a beautiful kind of chemistry between this little girl and her out of touch dad. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a slept on movie. I'm glad it made your top 15. I'm going to go with a movie that speaks to my Midwestern heritage and a, another sentimental movie that I don't think too many people nowadays have gone out of the way of seeing. I'm going to have Rudy, mostly for Sean Astin's uh, lead performance. This is one of the best college sports movies that I can think of about a guy whose only dream it is to go and play at Notre Dame. Great coming of age sports movie. He decides he doesn't have enough money to go to school. He doesn't have good enough grades to to get a scholarship. He's just someone who has a goal but has no way of achieving it. Tudor in John Favreau, an early role for the man, picks up extra shifts at his father's steel mill where he actually watches his best friend die. There's a lot of really kind of rust belt themes going on in this movie that lead up to it being a sports movie. It's one of the movies on this list that has kind of two acts. It has a coming of age story and then it has a sports movie. The motivation for the story, the heightened stakes of the climax start with the main character. This is a movie that I absolutely love and I'm glad it gets the recognition that it deserves. Rudy's number 16 on my list. I got the DVD for this. I don't even know what birthday. I think it was my sixth birthday and I watched it and I did not like it. I feel like you didn't like any movie that you watched when you were a kid, Alden. Cat in the Hat, Shrek, Shrek 2, Kung Fu Panda, The Game Plan. We literally just talked about it. I mean, we did. What about dramas that you watched as a kid? Any of those you like? Well, see, the first time I watched Rudy was around the same time I watched Remember the Titans or whatever. Oh, okay. I think because I watched Remember the Titans first, it just, my expectations of Rudy were very different. I should have asked this before you made your pick, but what, what did the judges think of the 15 before we go into the bottom five? I feel much the same as I did before, except now Nate's list is getting a couple of those broader appeals it's only a few though so josh still has like the monopoly on that but i really wish that both of these lists were a little bit more varied where it seems like both of them are kind of like two different flavors right now for me it's like getting past nate's top 10 is the biggest thing for josh's list yeah i think nate's list might be pulling ahead for me just off of a few titles but it's still pretty balanced this is gonna be a wild pick for me for my number 16 i'm ready i would just point out that I had a little sister and that's why I viewed this movie. I'm going to draft Bring It On. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm so happy for you. I was about to pick that too. <laughs> it's uh it's actually a very I remember like Grace watching it and like I actually sat down like I was just sitting in the living room and I actually got like invested. And then I was like is that Kristen Dunst? And then I just kept watching it. But yeah, it's uh going back to Rush, it's one of those um it's another one of those kind of kind of rivalry type. I think it it's right where it needs to be. I don't think it should be the bottom, but I also don't think it should be that much to the top. I think it's uh it's good where it is. Yeah, so that rebalanced the lists for me. <laughs> that pick alone. Yeah. Do I get my number 17 now? All right. I'm going to go with Eddie the Eagle. I think this is a movie with a uh, great cast in Taron Egerton and Hugh Jackman mm -hmm. on a sports movie that is not widely accepted as popular. It's about a ski jumper, Olympic sport that not too many people pay attention to even when the Winter Olympics are on. Eddie the Eagle is based on a true story. Taron Egerton, who people know from The Kingsman and now has played Elton John in Rocket Man, knocks it out of the park as this kind of quirky, down-on-his-luck wannabe athlete. Where this movie really thrives for me 
is in Hugh Jackman's kind of mentor role. Uh, he really does a good job of, of coaching this like quirky oddball character. Another thing that makes this movie work really well is its, um, its shot composition. It is very differently framed than a typical sports movie. In the climax of the movie, it's almost all shot with the event being in the center of the screen. It almost looks like a Wes Anderson movie, which is a really weird way to shoot uh, a sports climax. This is a very quirky character in a very quirky role about a really offbeat sport. I think this is stylistically one of the best coming-of-age sports movies. It doesn't go too hard in either direction, whether it, it be a comedy or drama, but the bits that land in the comedy really land. Honestly, this is Hugh Jackman at his most I want to be Robert Downey Jr. Great role. <laughs> This is a movie that I think just about anyone would enjoy. It's It's got a little bit of everything and doesn't pull at the heartstrings too much, doesn't try to be something it's not. Stylistically, it is very unique, and I'm happy to have it in my top 20. Nice. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I've drafted a lot of hockey movies, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to draft Slapshot. This is a pretty solid Paul Newman movie. It's dated in a lot of ways, but good ways. Like the, the players don't even, not even playing with their helmets most of the time. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting dive on hockey where this is another movie where there is a lot of iconic moments for that community. Like the Hanson brothers, these characters in the movie with the glasses and the hair. These guys, like they will, whenever they do a reunion, they'll like go on the ice, skate in full uniform. And it draws a crowd because Slapshot shot is a really well-known movie in that sports world i really like everybody on the team not just the main protagonists we're following it laid the groundwork for miracle mighty ducks for goon for these other so those other movies could get higher Slapshot walks so all those movies could run i'm gonna go with uh, another one of those kind of offbeat comedy sports coming of age movies that takes the uh bad news bears formula to a new height i'm gonna go with kicking and screaming here i think that this is another will ferrell sports movie that is actually hilarious in a lot of ways is kind of poking fun at some of the lighter uh disney 90s sports movies that i'm sure we'll get to a little bit later in these last few spots instead of it being a rival of one competitor to another one student athlete one child athlete to another it's the rivalry of a grown man and his next door neighbor who happens to be his father i think those father-son element here between robert duvall and uh will ferrell is hilarious i love that uh will ferrell goes the extra mile to draft Mike Ditka, who's playing a caricaturized version as himself, uh, Chicago Bears uh, Super Bowl winning coach to this like peewee soccer league. Absolutely hilarious movie. There's this whole sequence where they go to this uh, butcher shop to draft these Italian kids that are supposedly really good at soccer. This movie's pretty funny for being a family-centric sports comedy. It has a lot of memorable moments uh, where the whole conflict is they're fighting over the game ball that will ferrell's character caught at a soccer game as a kid and robert duvall ripped it from his hands and displays it in his living room with his trophy wife and he's got a stepbrother who is you know 
25 years younger than him. There's a lot of this back and forth between uh, father-son in a ch children's soccer game. It's a one-of-a-kind comedy. I can't really think of anything else really like it, except just taking that Bad News Bears formula and running with it in an entirely different sport. I think it's one of the best soccer movies ever made, especially one that has a uh, comedy uh, focus. Solid. What do we got, Josh? What are we at number 18 now for you? I wanted to watch this movie uh, before this, but I just didn't get around to it. I'm going to draft The Way Back because I like Ben Affleck and I feel bad for him. Oof. Josh, do you need to find The Way Back too? <laughs> yeah. Follow it from the trailers. I did want to see it. I did watch it and I was a little disappointed. I think top 20 coming of age sports movies where we're split and have to take half each. This is maybe a, a top 40. Like, I, I think that, that this is valid here. Uh, I'm not trying discredit you in any way i just think there's a lot of movies that kind of fit this style like this movie to me felt like boneless coach carter but instead of uh you know it being set in an urban community it's set in some like uh, like christian school like it, it feels a little woodlawny christian propaganda e to me at the end of the day it's it's a comeback performance for ben affleck it's he's very good in the movie the marketing was smart in making it a uh, comeback story for his career i'm glad i'm just glad ben affleck's back doing movies again me too i wish batman worked out for him and i'm sure he does too i'm gonna pick airbud here and the reason i'm putting airbud at number 19 isn't about its quality of a movie per se i definitely think the first airbud movie is pretty solid for what it is it's it's a take on the the animals in sports movies of the 70s believe it or not airbud wasn't like the initiator of this trend it was actually like a resuscitation of it one that comes to mind is ed the field goal kicking mule which is a really funny comedy from the 70s it was one of the first times they used like a horse and then animated its mouth to talk it takes that formula and makes it something uh, replicable. It it takes this beautiful golden retriever retriever and puts it into different sports. And the first one does a good job of setting it up as this basketball dog. It's one of the most 90s movies ever made. I think the nostalgia for it is very similar to something like uh, Mighty Ducks, in which definitely themes and there's definitely like these these stories that you know come together at the epicenter of the basketball game but where this thrives is in its kind of cheesy premise and just being something that's extremely marketable i think it's a smart movie and i understand why they're still making air buddies movies today there's like 20 films in this franchise and it it was influential i, I think air Bud deserves a spot in the top 20 all right two left and speaking of speaking of Mighty Ducks, I'm gonna take D3. Okay. For my number 19. The reason why I took D3 over D2 is that um I just think it has a better narrative, like all the way around. Um, they go to this like bigger school. The the players are older now, so they're they're out of the Pee-wee League. It's totally different. They have a shit coach. Um, the main character um really goes through a lot and there's a lot of callbacks to the original film where he goes to the old shop and with with the old skate maker emilio estevez does come back eventually and um the mighty ducks uh get their way but it took an interesting arc where it took a turn where okay we're actually going to explore these players are actually getting older and changing difficulties between friends they took the iconic teammates that they had from the original movie they used them in a pretty solid way they took advantage that they developed these characters in the first two movies really well problems do happen in the third one it's pretty sad but then it also it's very satisfying and it's a good uh ending to this now mighty ducks trilogy okay 
Mighty Ducks. We're going into our last picks here, and I feel like for the sake of diversity, I'm going to go with something that's probably a little on the controversial side. Here at number 20, I'm going to put Angels in the outfield. Now, I know I was knocking uh, the way back just a little bit for it feeling Christian propaganda E. I think that can be related to Angels in the outfield as well. However, I feel like it thrives thematically and in the performances. Without a solid child actor in young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, this movie would be laughably terrible. He is surprisingly good, surprisingly dynamic as this uh, child who is disenfranchised, is in a foster home, and is looking for a forever family. I believe it's Danny Glover plays a fan fantastic uh, manager position for the athletics or not the athletics the angels my bad he's very uh funny but at the same time you understand why he has this heart and why he has this soft spot for these uh kids that come and watch his games for free i think uh angels in the outfield does a lot has a lot of fun with bringing a fantasy element to a sports story that children can relate to this movie does have a few overly sentimental moments but where it really lands is in the execution of christopher lloyd character as this head angel who's really helping the angels make it to the playoffs for the first time in a long time i think it's a very fun movie it's a little on the cheesy side and it's definitely dated but like Airbud, i think it's a very very notable movie and the history of you know sports coming of age stories and without the solid child performances this movie would be rough and it's not it's super good all right what do we got for the final pick for the florida man fuck it surfs up <laughs> all right well, i was wondering if that was just gonna get left behind <laughs> josh if it makes you feel any better i was between angels in the outfield and surfs up as well i actually don't even mind this movie i remember liking it as a kid no i, I love surfs up it's a good pick. pretty good i think it's funny that it's shot like a documentary yeah it's a, it's a mockumentary yeah it is holy shit i do love that <laughs> which is like super unique for a kid's movie. Chicken Joe's pretty funny. Yeah, voiced by Napoleon Dynamite, right? Yeah, John Hedder. Yeah. Jeff Bridges is great in it. <laughs> is he Big Z? Yeah, he's Big Z. No, I always thought this was a DreamWorks movie when I was like, yeah, me too. Oh shit, is it not? Who made this? Oh, it would have made our DreamWorks list. <laughs> yeah. Who made Surf's Up? Who is the studio? Why don't I know this? I think it's Blue Sky. Sony Pictures. So yeah, it was probably Blue Sky. We break doesn't count as coming of age sports movie. <laughs> Why wouldn't it count as a coming of age sports movie? Undercover cop movie. <laughs> Wait, what? Point Break. Oh, Point Break. Uh, yeah. It has nothing to do with the sport like at all well that it does but there's no competition or anything have you seen the new one yet why would you see the new one i will not something just broke is there anything you want to say about your list before the judges judge nate is there anything you want to say about your list before we judge josh i know there's some movies on here that you guys are not familiar with at all but uh overall i'm pretty happy with my list it has a mix of things that i love like wrestling and hockey but what i like about my list is that not only there are things that i love personally i feel like they're generally like actually good movies like i think mighty ducks it is a iconic hockey movie but i also think it's a really good kids movie and it teaches a lot of good lessons fighting with my family same thing where it goes beyond wrestling and it's a really good movie about a family with between a brother and a sister and you have an academy award performance and ollie i i feel like there there is i do have a lot of hockey movies on here there is a mix between um different stuff i mean i got a sports biopic on here i have um the comeback performance of ben affleck and then i got surfs up at the end so i i, I feel like looking at the list fully now i think i did a uh, break things down 
And um, I'm glad I got both Rocky and Creed because I think both of them are very important uh, movies when it comes to the boxing movie genre. In your like top five, top ten, those were definitely what was keeping me like, oh fuck, these lists are like too even. But like, yeah, the top three started out interesting. The biggest thing that's giving me pause right now is Nate's got movies like The Wrestler, Million Dollar Baby, Moneyball, Cinderella Man on here, and Warrior. And remember the tight he's got like some big hitters and you do too with like rocky the karate kid 42 creed rush but just like i feel like the ones that nate picked like off the bat were so powerful if only he would return if his computer didn't just die good date <laughs> the worst time to just drop i think second half i was sort of leaning towards nate and first half i think first half there's a lot of movies i just don't really care too much for outside of a few he's back and then when i tried to join it was like i need to install update and i'm like what the fuck discord weird Craig's still recording? Good. Sorry about that. So uh, the last thing that I heard was about uh, Point Break not having a, uh, a competition in its sports scenes. Yeah, we've moved on. <laughs> what we were talking about just now was we were saying, um, do you want to say anything about your list before we move on into our final judging process? I feel like um, with both of our lists, actually, we did a good job of having a diversity of, of sports and styles of movies represented. I do think that I did a very good job of securing the movies that I felt are best in my top five, top 10 area. Whereas I felt like there were a lot of, oh shit, Nate took that one on Josh's picks. That being said, I think he did a fine job defending movies that might not be as solid as the ones I selected. That being said, I, I picked what I felt true and i feel like i i got some fantastic movies on my end yeah i agree this one is really tough because nate has some real like big hitters on here yeah that he secured really quick we were just saying before like the wrestler million dollar baby sandlot moneyball cinderella man warrior remember the titans those are huge but then josh also has some like real big ones surf's up. yeah like surf's up <laughs> rocky the karate kid 42 creed rush Happy Gilmore and Goon also give it some nice variety. God, I don't know. I don't know. Though It'd be a really weird pick if it was like, okay, Josh's whole list is like sports dramas and my whole list is like sports comedies. Like, yeah, I think we're both very diverse in our in our roster. So it's probably very difficult to pick. It's interesting. I felt like we both had the same mindset. We're like, all right, the comedies are going to be like in the middle. They probably won't crack the top 10. We definitely have the same game plan going in. The game plan. The game plan. Alden, do you know what you're going with? So my my like process from the start was I'm going to pick a few titles and then go off of that. But um, I already forgot the name of the movie, but the Clint Eastwood whatever. Trouble with the Curve? Million Dollar Baby. Oh, okay. Trouble with the Curve. I forgot about that one entirely. And so there's there's been a few movies like that that are just kind of, I got reminded of during this. Kind of hard to choose. I was going to pick, if someone had Talladega Nights and surfs up in their list i would have probably have gone with them we split the difference yeah so it is difficult there's i'm gonna count the movies i really like on both sides and then go off of that jory what's your thought process here my thought process now like initially i was looking at these and being like oh shit these are all really good movies and now i think that i just need to do away with objectivity and go completely subjective i'm gonna do the same thing and look at which movies on here mean the most to me 
vote for that side. Both sides still have some really strong contenders, but I think at the end of the day, I'm still going to go with Josh's list on this one, specifically because he had movies like Creed, 42, Rush, Fighting With My Family, Happy Gilmore, Rocky, The Karate Kid. Like, he had more of the classic sports movies that you expect to see has uh really great movies on here but my relationship with the wrestler say isn't the same relationship that i have with creed it's not something that really speaks to me as a person and that's just you know it's a subjective thing both are still great lists and i think nate you did a really great job but i think that josh's list has a little bit of an edge for me here all right alden have you done your maths Awkwardly enough, it's pretty balanced. All right, so I think Nate's list dug a little deeper for some of the smaller films, or less popular, I should say. Um, and because of that, and Surf's Up, I'm going to have to pick Josh's list. Whoa. Ooh. All right, well, you heard it here. Josh takes it in a clean sweep over the Corny Collins Corn Rollers with the host Nate. Florida men take it, going head-to-head next week up against jory i wonder what the topic's gonna be (laughs) yeah now you gotta give us the topic nate in a week but don't tell us yet oh my god how did that fucking happen this is big i wasn't expecting to be in the finals honestly i if for most of this i thought i was going to be with nate's list but looking over both of them for way too long I definitely appreciate more movies on Josh's. Yeah, the top 10 for Nate's is so fucking solid, but like, not all of those I care about. Well, I think Nate's list is solid when it comes to like critically acclaimed movies. I think my mindset going into my list was like, okay, when I think of sports movies, what do I think of? Think that's why my list seems so different. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty sure that that is the core difference of both of these. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you went with like the iconic ones. Jory will always be the one to debate against things for being good just because they're iconic. But I guess when it comes to nostalgic coming of age sports movies, not the case. Go with iconic next time. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. Sorry, Nate. I don't have a very good relationship with my father. Okay, I like Creed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm happy to have uh, participated, and uh, maybe I'll get my revenge someday. Oh no. <laughs> oh, draft two. All right. Well, thank you everyone for watching this week's episode of Duel of the Takes. Be sure to check out next week's episode where Josh and Jory are going to head on some undisclosed topic that I need to figure out. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out the YouTube version of today's episode. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Josh somehow got the leg over Nate and will be facing Jory in the finals. Be sure to tune in next week for Josh versus Jory debating video game movie adaptations. We will see who the first draft battle champion is. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.